Hello to all of my misinformed misfits out there. I am professional actress, drag performer, and a dirty, dirty rat queen, Betty with an I. Oh, dirty, dirty rat girl. And hi, I'm Califaria, a trans girl, a drag queen, a dumbass, and um, a girl with a blog. Uh, not even a blog, a podcast. See, I did tell you I was dumb. Yeah, really dumb and a liar. And a liar. And a liar. And welcome to T-Girl E-Girls, uh, the only podcast that discusses internet trends, we play silly games on, and we give you reliable and sustainable, no wait, reliably sourced and sustainably sourced information regarding internet trends and the culture I like at the, large. I like the idea that we're sustainably sourcing our information. I, it comes packaged, you know, in paper packaging rather than plastic packaging. Yeah, so you can compost us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, all human bodies are compostable if you think about it. You know, I actually think in the state of California, which is where we are, little LA girls, uh, I think in 2027, they're literally going to have like a state-subsidized cremation process, which is literally just you getting turned into dirt is it because they like we don't have enough space for to bury people literally yeah that's the reason even though there's plenty of land in california to bury people in it's just yeah, like none we don't of it's the living bodies land. everywhere though it's so interesting getting like a plot of land for your funeral this is not what the episode is about today this by is the way. not the episode today is about misinformation that's right episode three we promised you this on our first episode i think that episode yeah. three would be about misinformation so i hope that you're ready to get buckled into propaganda to gaslighting gaslighting to lying even yes. which we're doing right now which we're doing now this we're... episode is not about misinformation everybody yeah, we, will, um, we will not, not be covering that. neither of us are smart enough or well informed enough to like make an entire podcast episode about misinformation yeah but just for fair warning for all of you people out there the misinformation is getting really bad and scary on the internet, so do please actually go out and try to research uh, your sources as much as possible. Or, could I could I say, don't do any research. Spend all your time inundating your brain with fun fandom content. Just listen to our podcast. Yes. You don't need to watch the news no. or receive any other kind of information. Yeah. Just hang out with us. We are the transgenderism poison that That's is right. um, rotting your child's brain. That is correct. Because some... For some reason, Spotify decided to uh, label this podcast oh, E yes. for Everyone. We are E for Everyone. So, everybody is welcome here. The E for Everyone is actually E for Estrogen. Okay, well, Betty, what will we be talking about today? Today we are talking about something that Kala and I actually have plenty of knowledge about, and mm -hmm. that is the thirst comments online. Oh. Being thirsty in the age of the internet. Horny on main. Horny on main. Title love of the episode. Love to see it. Horny, H-O-R-N-E-E. -E. Yes. Me and Betty thought it would be fun to get into some of our experience with people being really thirsty in our comments or in the comments of other people that we follow or even celebrities. Yeah. We thought it might also be kind of fun to explore what it's been like to be trans online mm -hmm. in a dating kind of way. Yeah. And, and um, we're going to be exploring chasing in a little bit. Chasing. And weird Chasers. DMs that we've gotten as drag artists slash T-girls. Yeah. But before we get into that. We're going to play a little game. We're going to play a little game. We thought it would be kind of fun since we played Pokemon games, the the first game, both of our last two podcasts. Why don't we just make a tradition of it? Absolutely. And um, what is our Pokemon team builder going to be today, Betty? Yes. So 
our Pokemon team building exercise because this exercise. is a business. Um, yeah, we we are building our our teamwork and our what's the word I'm looking for? Dream work. I don't Dream know. work. I don't know, girl. Anyway, um, we are actually going to go through for the next nine episodes, I guess, oh. and um, discuss what each starter Pokemon of that generation says about you. Homosexuals. Most of the answers are going to be that you're gay. Yeah. Or, well, or if you play Pokemon, let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be real. The gay, well, the LGBTQIA plus community is holding up the Pokemon fandom. Right. Also, I don't like to question people's sexuality by any means, but I did think that Wolfie was gay for a really long time. And I kind of still want him to be. Uh, yeah, I mean. Although, wait, actually, no, I don't. No. Wolfie, hi. Um, I'm a beautiful cisgendered woman. <laughs> Um, speaking of misinformation, and um, if you wow. ever listen to this podcast episode, I am single. I don't know if you are, but... <laughs> I can't wait until we get to the podcast episode where you're not single anymore. Oh, that's going to be such a day. But for now... It'll never happen. If you want to slide into Betty's DMs, <laughs> they are open. Um, Betty, what was your Gen 1 starter? My Gen 1 starter was... Oh, Squirtle. Oh my goodness, you're leaking over there. <laughs> Not you being hot for Daddy Blastoise. Well, it's actually because my uh, older brother and I had Pokemon Red and Blue, mm. and obviously he had Red and I had Blue, and I kind of thought that I had to like pick the blue one. Oh, interesting. Even though I don't think in the original games they even had like proper color like on no. them. No, no, no. But no. I just knew that like that's a turtle. It's gonna evolve into the big turtle. Right. You know what I mean? Although it's really interesting because. Blastoise is known as like the shellfish Pokemon, and I'm like, it's not a fish; it's a reptile. And also, shellfish aren't fish either. Shellfish, well, shellfish are crustaceans. What is a vegetable? The world may never know. My brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what I think Squirtle says about you as a um, is that you are the younger sibling. You are probably oh, yeah. the younger sibling because the older sibling always picked Pokemon Red. Um, and also, you're very free. Also, I feel like Charizard, very straight guy coded. Oh, And yes. for some reason, I feel like the binary opposite of Charizard is Blastoise. Like, all the girls chose Blastoise. Yeah. All the girly girls. Except me. I didn't. I chose Bulbasaur. Yeah. And what does that say about you? That I'm a Hufflepuff. Yeah, it's true. That I'm non-binary. Wait, not us not a supporting JK Rowling on a trans girl podcast okay, by how is that, Hufflepuff. How is that supporting her? What is she going to get from that? Besides further... She's going to sue us. She's going to get a paycheck from us, girl. Honestly, if it makes the podcast go viral. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That would be a slay. JK Rowling, sue us. Go ahead and sue us. Sue us, bitch. I, I have think... a powerful dad. But to be fair, I do actually think if you chose Bulbasaur, you probably were like... Well, I hate to go back to this. If you watched our first episode on Cringe, like for the weird girls. You know? You're not like other girls. You're not like other girls. You couldn't pick one of the ones that on the on the cover. No. Oh, unless you were in Japan, in which case Venusaur was on the cover. But Yeah. Leaf Green. Leaf Green. I did play Leaf Green. I will say one annoying thing about Venusaur is that it's a dual type grass poison. Well, so is but all it's, three of them. Well, no, but it's basically like a useless poison type. It learns one poison move and that's it. But it's like badass enough that I feel like it should be like but poison dart frog. Poison is also like the worst type in the game. You take that back. It is. Like, offensively, no. it's one of the worst types in the game. It's not an offensive play. It's like a status-based play. Yeah, but every single Pokemon can learn Toxic. So what's the point of a Poison type? Wow. And even though Poison was the most wow. common... 
common typing in Gen 1. This is my weird encyclopedic knowledge of Pokemon coming back at us. So, okay, what, so if, if you picked Bulbasaur, you're not like other girls. You're not like other girls. If you're Squirtle, you're a girly. And if you picked Charmander, you're a cisgendered straight man. Or a trans guy. Trans guys also love Charizard. Well, that's our game, everybody. Um, please let us know if we are wrong on those hot takes. And uh, you let us know what your Gen 1 starter was and what it says about you. Um, so, Betty, the reason we've gathered here today is to talk about big, bulging comments online. Yes. Yeah. And what it's like to be on the receiving end of some thirsty comments, but also what it's like to read thirsty comments. And what it might be like to even leave one yourself. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> okay, well, with that in mind, what is the thirstiest comment you've ever personally received? Received? Yeah. Um, not many, actually. <laughs> um, it's a pretty dry out there. Well, I will say this. I have not been posting myself online mm. as much since I started my transition as I used to, like, prior to transitioning. And prior to transitioning, I really don't actually feel like many people perceived me as very attractive because mm. I didn't find myself attractive. Now I'm like... But I mean, like I'm hot. Look at me. If you're Ooh. if you're watching the video form of this podcast, hi, I'm pretty. Um, but I never used to really feel that way about myself until I began transitioning, and a lot of like my viral content mm. on uh, specifically like TikTok was prior to me beginning my transition or prior to me being really publicly trans. Mm. And so, a lot of like my experience online was kind of being like undesired oh <laughs> like i felt like all of my content kind of had to be in like the sphere of humor yeah and yeah. like jokes and fun because um i didn't get a lot of like people desiring me when before i started publicly identifying as a woman mm. um but since then um i definitely get a lot of um thirsty messages on dating apps Oh. Um, less so on um, social media. Although I will say on Instagram, I've noticed my like hearts and likes engagement on like my stories goes way up every time I post like a picture of myself now or like a selfie. She's got chasers are, like, in the followers. People are like heart hurt. No, it's literally all like an army of like little gay boys that they're like little they're, gay like, boys and all of your tea girl friends <laughs> and all of like my tea girl friends. They're all like, bitch, you look so hot. They're like. Um, no, and then I'm like, why, where, where are the chasers? No, the chasers are on the dating apps, and believe me, I have gotten some wild messages. Oh, we'll get into that. Oh, we'll get into crazy messages. How about you? What's the thirstiest comment you've received online, Kala? You know, I think I'm probably kind of in, like, the same boat as you. I feel like, um... Wow, we're both just ugly. I guess so. (laughs) I feel like online, I'm not a thirst trappy kind of person. As a matter of fact, I don't feel like I'm the type of person who even really knows how to like give sexiness. I feel like I'm a little awkward. That's a lie. Um, I've seen you give sexiness. Well, in drag, maybe. Yeah. It's still kind of hard for me. I still do feel pretty awkward. And I don't feel like I receive a lot of compliments or commentary about my looks, which is fine. Like it's not the center of my personality by any means. Yeah, I think that for the most part, that's not really something that I've experienced much of online. There have been a... Something that happens to me a lot, and I think this has to do with, like, the fact that I'm more queer presenting than femme or mask presenting, is instead of directly flirting with me or, like, commenting on one of my physical characteristics, a flirt that I get often is, like, I love your aesthetic. 
And how, wait, how is that a flirt? How do you know that that's a flirt not in person? Because if I heard somebody say that in person to me, I might understand like the subtext or the tone. But online, how do you hear like the tone of somebody flirting with you if it's not like so direct? I think it's like if you dig in a little bit, like in that regard, if somebody, which has happened a few times, people will DM me and be like, I like your aesthetic, I like your vibe online. Um, and like, if you kind of like pry a little bit, I, I feel like I can sense that what they're really getting at is they find me in my content and my personality attractive. And maybe that's really what they're saying is like, oh, I like your personality. God. That's not a compliment, Not us being two hideous bitches on <laughs> that's here. That's not a compliment, by the way. If you tell somebody, wow, I really like your personality. I really like your personality. That is literally the, like, I will go home and cry myself to fucking sleep thinking about <laughs> I just want to be pretty. I'm I like, just want to call be me hot. Call me sexy. I do think that when I was a bit younger and like literally just presenting as a gay boy, mm-hmm. um, I did get flirted with a Twink. lot. I was very twinkish, um, but I didn't ever really know how to flirt back. And I think it was probably because I was dysphoric and was like, I don't really like the attention yeah, that I'm receiving. Definitely. And you just kind of like power through mm-hmm. anyway, you know? So I've also always been really bad at flirting. And I think that leads actually into my next question, which is like, What's the thirstiest comment you've ever left somebody? I am not the type of person to openly flirt with somebody online. I'm horrible. I have really, truly left, like, deranged comments on TikTok. I will say most of my thirstiest... Somebody somebody pull them up. I should. I should. Uh, If you follow me at Betty with an I on TikTok um, and on all social media platforms, you can probably, like, just, you will find little comments on random videos of me being like, oh, daddy. Oh, my Um, God. No, but actually, most of the time, I I think I try my best as a public figure. Um, I try my... (laughs) figure i try my Public best figure. <laughs> i Boy. try my best to not um leave comments uh thirsty comments on like real people's like right. social media um i try i think my thirstiest comments are all at like fictional characters mm-hmm. generally like if somebody posts like um a nanami edit right, uh, a nanami right. from jujutsu kaisen edit i'm gonna be like oh daddy i wish that were me that you're tugging my ponytail like, like a sexy oc bottom man with like big bar chest yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh. 100 100 uh-huh. i'm like i'm like oh i crush me between those titties like that's the t- i usually will like <laughs> what <laughs> what <laughs> Go off, queen. <laughs> what? Okay, but I'm not the worst when it comes to comments oh, like that. No, because I really, I, I feel like I'm pretty tame. Um, and a lot of times I'll catch like friends, like like or mutuals online, like in comment sections, and be like caught in 4K. Or, uh, or you know, like there was a trend for a little while. I'm sure it's still a trend, but people would be like, until the room stinks, and then just oh, yeah. you know, like put a picture mm-hmm. of somebody. How do you feel about those types of those those comments? Because Sometimes I think they're funny. Like, that's a funny thing to say. Until the room stinks. Like, that's fucking hilarious. Right, but Come would on. you ever say that to somebody? You would person? never. Ever, 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 Right? Never. And so it does feel kind of weird to me sometimes. Like, unless, unless I was 100%, like, literally having sex with that person. Right. But, like, when and, it's and, like, and then maybe. Maybe. When and it like would still a, be super embarrassing. When it's, like, a Twitch streamer, though. Or, like, an influencer. Even just, like, God forbid, like, an actor or something. Yeah. And people are, like, By the way, um, you can comment that on my on my social media. She wants to be. I want, I want she you to wants comment. to be objectified. <laughs> but when it's somebody who's, like, not necessarily asking for that, and then, like, some, like they take a sexy picture, because they look good, and then people online take it and run, and, like, all of the reposts on Twitter or whatever are just people being, like, 
daddy, uh, stretch think, me open. Like that sort of thing. I'm like, you guys. Do you think people don't actually want that? Maybe I, I'm just fucked up in the brain, but like I kind of think a lot of content creators end up playing into that. But some people, but I'm also talking about people who aren't content creators, like actors and actresses. Like imagine being an actress and like you just want to be an actress and there's like a gaggle of men who are obsessed with your titties and create an entire Reddit just dedicated to all the snapshots of your boobies mm. and like, you know, saying a bunch of shit in the form. Like it's a little much, I feel sometimes. Well, I mean, do you know about like the feet pics, like website? Celebrity feet pics. Yeah, celebrity oh, feet Oh yeah, pics. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, I actually like to look up celebrity feet on there sometimes. Just to know what they look like. Because some, some, I want to know, like, does that person have hideous feet? She had the nerve to call me deranged. Well, I'm not the one advertising the website, okay? Um, but yeah, I think that, like, I don't know, it's kind of weird when people get, like, take it a little too far. But, like you just said, some creators, some online creators, lean into it, which yeah. kind of, like, leads. Can I backpedal for a second? Yeah. I want to go back to talking about, like, actors, because as, like, an actor myself... I find it very hypocritical when you are an actor and I understand that everybody should have their own boundaries and that a lot of times fans cross those boundaries. Um, but I find it a little hypocritical as an actor when you're like posting hot pics of yourself and then mm. you're like complaining that you don't want people to objectify you in any type of way. Cause I'm like, it's part of our job. Mm. Like it's part of our job to be desired by people. Like, but I think that, I think this gets into that conversation of like, what's flirting and what's creepy even. I know. Which maybe that needs to be a podcast episode, but like some flirtation, some, you know, sexual tension is fun, mm -hmm. but then it can also definitely veer into this territory where it's like, that feels like sexual harassment now. Oh uh, yeah. Which is why sometimes it's funny, right? Like when people say, till the room stinks to somebody's like sexy thirst trap, yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Or, or. Like, I often see people be like, oh, both of you did well in this video mm. in response to, like, a guy in a gray sweatpants, like, posting uh, a gray sweatpants video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see things. I also, like, like you were saying, like, that person might have posted that on purpose. Like, they have oh. an intention there. And some creators lean into it so much that they actually end up, obviously, on, like, OnlyFans. Yeah. Like, maybe you start off, like, in the fucking, I don't know, knitting community or something, and it just mm -hmm. doesn't take off because everybody's staring at your huge honkers or something. I mean, I literally know creators who, I make mutuals with a creator who has done this, essentially. He definitely started just posting mostly kind of just like cosplay content mm. um, and like general like gamer content, like like wanting people to like join his Twitch stream and like um, watch him play games and talk about games and anime. And then like fully like that like started going online more shirtless mm. online in just gray sweatpants started wearing like cat ears and cat tails and the maid outfits and then started it pulls you in and then started an only fans i mean there's something i think i mean it for me at least there's something strangely gratifying in a weird way about being desired oh yeah um, and I don't know, maybe maybe that's just because I spent so much of my life like not wanting to be perceived. And now that I'm finally like transitioning and being who I want to be, like I want people to perceive and desire me. Mm. Um, and I was really afraid of that before. And I know that like it's a really hard topic for women to talk about like the like the kind of currency of being desired. And something that I find very interesting in this 
kind of moment on the internet is that most of like the thirst accounts that I follow are not like necessarily women doing this. Yeah. It's actually, I see a lot more, um, what I, I assuming femme presenting people online and queer like men making thirsty comments about men online. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's because my algorithm is just showing me a bunch of hot guys and because it knows I want to look at them. <laughs> and so I'm seeing the people that would desire to look at like a hot man mm. as opposed to the other side of that. I'm sure that if I pulled up like like my older brother's TikTok feed, it would be very different than mine. Oh, right? absolutely. Um, and so, I don't know. It's very intriguing to me. It's And I kind of like seeing in a weird way, like the deranged comments because I, I'm enjoying the fact that I think that... Um, we're seeing more and more uh, feminine presenting people and like queer people be like very open and forward and honest about their desires yeah. and like what they like and yeah. being like, that's hot. I want, like, I really, really, and I, I, cause I don't feel like um, women specifically and or femme presenting people specifically have been kind of like allowed to be so like carnally expressive oh, and like their desires um, historically as much as, um, masculine presenting people have. Yeah. Sorry, that was kind of a rant. No, I love it. I think that to expand on that from my own experience, like I also definitely want to be perceived and desired and appreciated for like who and how I already am. And I struggle with that, I feel like a lot because I always feel undesired, kind of like what mm-hmm. you were speaking about earlier. And I never have the positive assumption about myself, even if somebody is flirting with me, that that's what they're doing. And that's probably like just like a low self-confidence sort of thing, you know? And I think what a lot of that has to do with is less actually how I look or like what I'm like and a lot more to do with like how queer people have to hide their sexuality so aggressively. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, obviously there can be like dangerous situations. You can, it can be hard to discern like who is it appropriate to flirt with? What if this person isn't queer? Yeah. And so I feel like for basically my whole life, I've closeted myself and my sexuality and even now in a loving relationship it can be very challenging for me to like fully open up and embrace that and I get really jealous of people who I perceive to not only be an attractive person but somebody who's very obviously stepped into their sexuality Mm -hmm. somebody who has a positive expression of it and I don't like that either you know like now I feel like I'm kind of like in these two negative headspaces one where I'm like judging myself but then also judging other people because I wish I had that so like a kind of self mission that I've been on since I've transitioned and also through drag has been to like find my sexy find what makes me feel good about myself and learn how to express it positively and to accept like you were just saying like if people respond to it in a way that I'm seeking to have a positive reception Mm -hmm. to that also and I think that's the hardest part is finding the line of like what type of validation are you seeking online? Mm. Like, what are you comfortable with and what aren't you comfortable with? And then knowing that no matter what boundary you've set, because of the nature of the internet, yeah, people, people are going to cross it. People are going to cross it. People are going to cross that line. And unfortunately, I hate to bring this all to like personal responsibility. I think unfortunately as... If you're somebody who wants to be visible online specifically you have to kind of take that upon yourself to have a little bit of a tough enough skin oh, to yeah. know that like people are going to cross your boundaries and know how to kind of deal with how you're going to feel about it. Yeah. 
I don't want to veer too much off of this topic, but I do feel like maybe we should do a podcast episode about boundaries. Because one thing that I notice a lot in internet discourse is sort of the overuse of mental health words to express oh, things. Got, Boundary, oh, this would be a great Boundaries like, is certainly of one of yeah. them. Because like, you don't assign boundaries to other people. You set them yourself. They're your own. They're yours. If somebody doing something bothers you and you have a boundary to not expose yourself to that, you remove yourself from the situation. Yeah. You don't go to them and say, stop doing that. You crossed my boundary. You crossed it. Like people, no matter who it is, your partner, your wife, your husband, a friend, a close friend, even a family, a family member. member, people will cross your boundaries for the rest of your life. And it's your job to reassert your boundary and remind people, communicate to them, hey, you crossed it, this hurt my feelings, I'm gonna need X, Y, and Z to feel better. Wow, remember when this was a podcast episode about being horny on Maine and now we're like, mental health. Mental, a mental health check-in brought to you by, any, well, let's play a game then. Yeah, I think, let's take I think a this break. Is a, let's take a break from the hot and heavy <laughs> discussions about mental health and boundaries and desirability. And let's play a silly little game. About being horny on Maine. And this is actually not even really a game. It's more of a shout out. Yeah. We're going back to being horny on Maine. And we're going to discuss um, content creators online that we think are really, really hot. Yeah. So, sorry. First, we're going to objectify people now. We're going to objectify people. It's time to objectify them. Yeah. Time to talk about our thirst trap accounts. Yes. Um, okay. So, the first one that I want to drop is my partner. Duh. Bow and arrow, very sexy, in and out of drag. Um, but the thing is, they don't really intentionally post their straps. Sometimes they do. They'll tell me that it's not. that's not what it is, but it's what it is. Um, well, they're just hot also. Yeah, my partner's just hot. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. Congratulations. Not me being an autistic little nub <laughs> and then being a hottie. You're not... Hey, you got that autistic riz, as the kids would say, right? Ah, you're right. Okay, well, how about you? What are your thirsty accounts? I picked all three cosplayers. Of course which you I think did. just, um... Of course you did. <laughs> ...tells you what type of content that uh, is God. being pushed towards me. The first one is somebody who has uh, cosplayed Nanami um, from Jujutsu Kaisen, and his name on TikTok is White Boy Evan. We'll post a picture here. Picture. Um, and he has posted many uh, little Nanami cosplays, and... Um, I really... So it's the character. <laughs> it's, it's the, the char- character. I'm in love with characters. Same. Um, I really am. Um, less so, like, the... the. I mean, honestly, though, out of cosplay, he's hot, too, so... Anyway, um, next on my list, I have Elijah, also a cosplayer. They've cosplayed Howl. What is it with me and these blonde boys? I don't know. What is That's it fucked up. That's a little Aryan. That's a little fucked up of me. Wow. I'm Where's the diversity? I'm scared for myself, honestly. I'm really scared right now. Um, also because like I usually like I used to not be attracted to blondes at all. Interesting. And since put an estrogen in my body, I've been like, mm, what sort of weird kind of into a blonde psyop have you been exposed to? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It might be because I'm just like, no. But I've always thought Hal was hot. Well, Hal is hot. Yeah. Yeah. The Christian Bale voice, honestly. Also a skinny little witch man. I think I just, I also just like men with deep voices. Oh. Fuck. I hate that I like masculinity. Although, Howell is not very traditionally masculine. No. He has, that very, he has a very deep voice. But a very girly persona. I think that that's hot. Oh, absolutely. That's oh, hot. Oh, gender fuckery in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then my last choice is uh, Taryn Cosplay. Very well-known cosplayer. 
Um, and currently I've been seeing a lot of their, uh, set from League of Legends cosplay oh, because cute. of the new, like, boy bands that, um, the Riot Games has put together mm. to, like, a contrast, um, KDA, uh, they have Heartsteel. To contrast. So, yes. Contrast. <laughs> and so they've, like, m- made, like, a bunch of these League of Legends, like, male characters really hot and sexy. Ooh. And then made them into, like, a K-pop band. And so Taryn has been cosplaying a lot of set, and Taryn is just, like ripped to shreds Ooh. it is oh, insane. actually don't. i don't love that i don't really like guys that are too big fit. old honkers uh, not my favorite and i'm like i like little scrawny guys <laughs> speaking of actually because we kind of bounce this around a little bit like what is one of your favorite characters to see hypersexualized? because for me personally spider-man spider-man or venom like the tight little outfit oh, see, i like venom either for me like I just Venom's like, an alien. Sometimes that when tongue? I'm sc- I'm outing myself here, you guys, right now. But when I scroll my Instagram like algorithm, you know, the Explore feed, tons of sexy little Spider Man. You want a little Peter Parker? I think it's just the outfit, but yeah, it's you, the, it's the character. You for like sure. you like a skin tight suit and skinny guys. You and like a skin tight suit where you can see the full hog. Yeah, that that's it. That's it. We found it. I like hog. What did you call me earlier? A size queen. Size queen. Yeah. Well, that's a size queen right there, everybody. Well, if you've ever seen one, it is what it is. You know, Spider-Man could slide into my DMs literally anytime he wanted to. Well, Kala, speaking of DMs, I think we should move on to kind of our next point in our conversation oh, yes. about being horny on Maine. Yes, okay. So this is now, we're, we're going off of Maine. We're, we're taking the horny out of the comment section mm-hmm. and straight into the DMs. Yeah. So what is the kind of like weirdest, like thirstiest or like horniest DM that you've received. I know that neither of us have oh really gosh. had too many comments because we have never really felt like desired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know that we get more DMs than we get like public. Absolutely, comments. absolutely, absolutely. I would have to say, well, first of all, two things about that. The first, exactly like you just said, I feel like this is the opposite of desirability where you're posting yourself and trying to attract this. And this is moving now into like that creepier version where it's like, I didn't necessarily solicit this. You're yeah. now being kind of weird. And the in, boundary is being crossed. The boundary is now being crossed. Um, in particular, when I started my drag account, a lot of people do not know these people. They are not anybody I'm following. They were not following me. Just ending up in the requests folder, saying some really crazy shit, you know? Like what? Um, one of the first ones is, so you're not actually a girl? And I was like, I'm, I'm a drag artist and I'm trans. And they're like, well, can I see that you're not really a girl, you know? Like that sort of thing. Oh, like, like wanting you to send nudes. Yeah, send me your girl cock, basically. Yeah. Um, another one that I got, this was a long time ago. This is pre-transition, pre-drag. This is me as a little gay boy on Grinder. One of the funniest DMs You get the, you get the worst received. messages ever on Grinder. Oh, everybody knows. A man asked me to do poop play essentially not my thing okay i don't want to kink shame people but not my thing i'm kink shaming you should um i said no offered me money still said no and said well how about i just film the shit coming out of your ass that will be good enough for me and i'll still pay you the money this is the rated e for everyone podcast (laughs) this is a rated e for everyone podcast obviously i said no again because that's just not my thing um but yeah i would say that was probably the most disturbing sexualized dm i've ever received in my life and i wish that i had eye bleach and never had to think about it ever again that's 
Yeah, I want the, Eter- the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind myself from oh, that memory. Oh my god, that is crazy. Disgusting. Yeah. What did you say? King shame. King shame them yeah, I'm ferociously. King you. I'm king shaming you. If you are into, um, what is it, scat play? Girl. Scat play. Girl, I couldn't think I'm of the scared. word. Hard turds only. I just, I mean. Even that. That was too much. To each their own, but go to therapy, please. Please. <laughs> How did you get there? We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> we don't need to talk about I don't need to interview people about, about their, about their scat about fetish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think if I want to think about, like, my DMs, it's a very, it's very interesting. Mm. Um, I, I'm going to broaden the conversation a little bit. We're going to start general, and we're going to get specific. She, I, said, she said, I have something that I need to talk about for the next 20 minutes. Hold on. I do. Um, I want to know what it is about the LGBTQ plus community where we think that like sending, and maybe it's not just, I don't know if straight people deal with this. I don't know if this is straights deal with this, to be honest. Mm. Um, I'm assuming they do. Actually, I know that like most women receive unsolicited dick pics. Oh so. yeah. What, but what, so then men, men, men talking to you. Why, what, what brain worm do you have that is like, if I just send a picture of my penis, that is, that is what mm. they want. You know what though? On that, a lot of men who are attracted to men want men to send them that. Yes. Which I think is like, was my first disconnect when I like joined like dating apps mm. and I was like, I'm 18. I just turned 18. I'm going to download Grindr. Um, <laughs> what? I did. I waited until I was 18. Oh. I did. I was a good child. I didn't even have a cell phone, so I had no... Um, there was no... I went on Craigslist. She's also 80 years old, so... <laughs> I was just choked on my coffee. <laughs> you deserve it. That's hot coffee. <laughs> Sociopath. Don't out here. me like... It's a hot black coffee. Hot black coffee. No sugar, no cream, no ice. It is what it is. Uh, you deserve to be put in prison for that. You're anyway. going to prison. <laughs> anyway. Um, I am like... I just don't, it was my first disconnect. It was mm. like, I was like, I don't want this. Yeah, I yeah. don't, maybe I'm not a gay boy because I feel like all the other like gay, like men in my life, like throughout college were like, yeah, like this is like. That's what they want. And like, in a weird way, I feel like a lot of like gay men really relate to each other, like based on like sexual exploits. Oh yeah. Um, And I just, it wasn't for me. And I'm sure many women also relate to each other through sexual exploits too, but it doesn't, it didn't, it doesn't feel like that yeah, most yeah, of yeah. the time in my, um, like community of women. Mm. I don't know. I feel like there's, it's different. It just, it, sexuality is different. Like for me, um, as a trans woman than yeah. it is as like um, when I used to identify as a gay boy. Yeah, yeah. Although honestly, I just don't think I ever really identified with like being a gay man sexually. So there's that. That was like the broader topic of conversation. Okay. So I'm narrowing in now to my own kind of like personal experiences with uh, DMs and um, maybe more unwanted attention. Mm. Um, I guess like the weirdest message that I've ever received was just like, some man from not the United States of America messaging me and being yeah. like, I'm going to fly you out. Oh. And I'm like, hello? Hello? And I'm like, I do not know who you are. Please stop. Like, please, I don't, I'm not. Appreciate from afar. If I messaged you asking for a flight, sure, respond. But like, I don't need you to send me a message. Yeah. Look at me. 
making my boundary on other people. I'm, I'm, no, that's bad. Didn't we discuss that earlier? Trying to enforce your boundary onto other people. Well, is you like can enforce your boundaries on chasers. <laughs> okay. There are Ch- exceptions to chasers? the rules. Chasers? You're, you need a boundary. For You're done. You. You're done. Um, and oh, actually very recently I was just like really repulsed because I, um, I'm on a couple of different dating apps at the mm. moment. Um, and I do have like grinder still if I like ever really wanted to just like hook up with somebody, which is very rare for me. Like I'm not really a, a into a random hookup to be mm. honest. Um, I'm just in my mature um, era. I'm looking for a right. relationship. Right. Um, and so I was on a, uh, I was on Raya. And if you don't know what Raya is, Raya is a app where you can only get on through like referral. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of quote unquote known as like the celebrity dating app because like celebs are on it because it's more exclusive. It's not really though. It's really at this point just a bunch of like micro influencers. Um, and I matched with a guy on Raya, which doesn't happen very often. And he just like immediately was like, do you have latex? And I was like, excuse me? What? He was like, you would look so good in latex. You should come over. Oh my God. And then when I was like, this is like not like, I'm just saying hello and introducing myself and not like why I'm on here. I actually called him out. I was like, I was like, I'm not on this app to fulfill some fantasy of yours. So this is not cool. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, I'm just kidding. Oh, of Take course. Take a joke. Oh, of course. And I'm like, I'm like, no, you're not. Oh, you're not God. kidding at all. You want you wanted me to respond and try and fulfill some like little fantasy of yours. You wanted a little where, tea girl in latex. Yeah. And I'm like, I do have latex, by the way, but not for you. Yeah. Sicko. Not for you. Not for somebody who's invested nothing into. Yeah. Into... And then I reported him. So. Slay. Well, I'm like, that goes against like Raya's like code of conduct. So. Get him kicked off because it's um, <laughs> exclusive anyways. Well, I think that kind of leads into like maybe a last question to cover, which is just like. What it's like in general, we've talked a little bit about like being desired, people kind of crossing boundaries of your desi- the type of desirability you're going for, people even being a little creepy. But I think one thing we haven't really touched on yet is just like what our experiences were like between dating as somebody who was like mask, not really. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us I think have ever been perceived as mask. No. <laughs> compared to femme. The only way that I could really speak to it is like, you have way more experience about this than I do, so you go first. Well, I do. I will say, even when I was like twinkish, I was still femme. Yeah. Like I think, and I think that was part of why people were attracted to me, which actually was very off-putting. And even to this day, I don't really like it when people comment on the fact that I look a little younger than I actually am, um, because it feels very infantilizing and it feels a little fetishy, a little yeah. creepy. Like, why is the first thing that you're attracted to about me the fact that I look young? And when I was younger, I look. It was even more so, obviously. Um, and so I feel like I had a hard time, like, relating with gay men in that way because it was really stressful. Well, youth is really, like, desired in general across the board, especially for feminine presenting people. That's it, yeah. It's like, if you're not youthful, like, there's, like, a saying that it's, like, not a saying. There's, like, a notion, especially in, like, Hollywood, that, like, as soon as you, like, look the age between, like, 35 and, like, 
55 as a mm. woman, you like will get no jobs yeah. because the only jobs for women are like when you're youthful and beautiful and when you're like a grandmother. Which is crazy because like <laughs> I feel like it's almost the same, the opposite rules that they try to apply for like men and masculine people. They try to like sell you this idea that somehow men and masculine people become sexier as they age, mm-hmm. but women and femmes do the opposite, which obviously, so like not true. Yeah. Right. But I think it also, like, is so prevalent in the gay men who like gay men community. There's this, like, and that could be a whole fucking episode, men dating men, and our critiques our critiques of it, because in the gay world, there's, like, this hierarchy of femme people at the bottom, masculine people at the top. But yeah, Literally. But, but what, literally. But when you're young, you get to be, like, in this weird fluid place up until the point, like you were saying, that you're perceived to look older. And then if you're a femme gay man who's 40, like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're they don't even want you here, yeah, yeah. you know? You're just some old washed-up queen, basically. Yeah, like, unless you, like, want to, like, take on the mantle of being, like, a daddy, you're dead. Yeah. And I, maybe that's part of what I'm struggling with with being perceived online. It's like, I'm going through a transition. I still want to be desired. And I feel like, am I old now? Am I, like, less desired because uh, gender variance? And, like, there's mm-hmm. so all these factors. There's not an easy way to date and to be sexy as, yeah. a, as a queer trans person. Yeah. Um, and from my experience, like, I've been, like, a plus-size person literally my whole life. I was mm-hmm. born 12 pounds and 4 ounces. Oh, my goodness. So Big I was baby. quite literally plus-size from birth. Um, and, like... Well, we're both plus-size women here. Well, maybe. <laughs> Culture, uh, I'm culturally appropriating cl- um, plus size. Kala is Kala is culturally appropriating being fat. Well, um, it's very interesting that um, as a plus sized woman and like people perceiving me as a plus sized woman, um, I'm much more desired now than when I was I identifying as a plus-sized, like, man attracted Mm. to other men because um, fat gay men are just treated like dirt. I also want to wrap this up just by saying that, like, not all gay men are, you know, shitty people. that. Yes, yes, no, no, no. I'm Um, I'm just catty. Not all trans femme people are going through the same struggles Betty and I are going through. And actually, a success story from my end is that I have a really loving partner who's really cool. And they are a cisgender gay man, mm-hmm. and um, they see me as a non-binary trans femme person. They themselves have been able to ex- explore some of their gender ideas um, in relationship with me. And there are good people out there, y'all. Don't give up on your dating life. Oh, there's plenty of good people out there. And um, yeah, like it, our experiences aren't reflective of a whole community. Our experiences are just our own. Yeah. Um, and especially as like two chronically online, like trans femme people we have a very um more specific lens in which we view our own sexuality our own desirability and our own thirstiness and someday betty and i will revisit this topic when she's been in a relationship with somebody and we could talk about the perspective of what desirability is like inside of a relationship because it's very different (laughs) yes that'll be a beautiful beautiful day so what i'm asking in about 25 years what i'm asking (laughs) viewers like you Betty needs you. Okay. She needs you. No, Kala needs you so that I can get into a relationship so that we can talk about so our we relationships can have a on the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We need that to happen so that we have more content going forward. Okay, well, Betty, let's wrap this up with a cute little bow, a cute mm-hmm. little heart, 
unrelated to desirability and sexuality and all this dumb shit because we don't do this podcast for that. We do this podcast because we are idiot trans girls who like nerdy stuff. Yeah, so uh, when did you know you were a furry, Kala? Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Called me out immediately um, my whole life and I'm not even joking about that. I knew that I was like, I had a fursona before I was So this is why you have eight fucking pets. This, yeah, yeah. Bestiality. Well, (laughs) I'm just kidding. um, Yeah, a very long time ago, I, when I was a little kid, I was already like imagining my anthropomorphic fursona self. Obviously, when you're a kid, it's not sexualized in any way. Um, What's your fursona? I'd definitely be a bunny rabbit. So bunny. I, I have like two, right? So in How it's sexual of you. To pick the bunny, bunny one is the very sexualized version of me, right? But then I also have an unsexualized version of myself where I'm like more a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Meow. Meow. A little cat girl. I like a little lazy cat, you know? Yeah. A little lazy house cat who loves coffee and tea. Jenny Any Dots, if you're a cat to the musical listener. What about you? What's your fursona? My fursona is definitely um, a little, like, sheep, but specifically, <gasps> specifically, like, the type of sheep from, like, the Story of Seasons, like, Harvest Moon series of games oh, that are, yeah. like, really cute and pink and fluffy. Oh. Because I'm like, I just want to be a little... The Harvest Moon animals are so freaking precious. Oh, they're so cute. I really, and I also, for some reason, in like that series of games, the sheep are pink. Mm. Doesn't make any sense. No, no sheep are pink in real life. Well, wait a minute. I want to ship your fursona with like a cute little anthropomorphic character. Do you have any that you kind of like? Who was one of your first that you liked? My first ever little like anthropomorphic character crush was Sly Cooper <gasps> from the Sly Cooper game series. Oh, wait, how cute. You as a little lamb plus Sly Cooper sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. It's like he tried, well, he does have like a wife, but you know. Well, it's never stopped me before. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, I don't know about my first. I really genuinely could not think of it. But I will say that, and you, y'all probably know this because I'm wearing the pin. He's in the background. Uh, Nick Wilde. I'm totally obsessed with Nick Wilde. He's cute. Also, Jason okay. Bateman, his voice. Like Christian Bale. It's very yeah, sexy, like, soothing, mm. very daddy to me. You like his voice because it's like, there's a little cunning, you know? He's nerdy and a little autistic. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody autistic. Everybody's autistic to me. Um, well, thank you, Betty. What a lovely conversation. And yes. thank you, all of our listeners. Today, we talked about what it's like to be perceived online, what it's like to get thirst comments, leave thirst comments. We played a couple more games and we covered a lot of ground and set up some topics for next time. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for being a part of T Girl E Girls. Stay tuned for next time. Bye. Bye.